Hi, I'm Dr. Jen, and this is my little brother, Coach Doug. And we are Mindful Vibe. What is one thing I can do right now to not only take my power back, take control of the situation, right? But that I can also release this energy so I'm not holding on to it. And it's like this tension that every day I go into work, I'm like, I hope I don't run into them today or I hope I don't have this conversation today because it's coming right around the corner, right? Mm -hmm. And so one way we talk about, we, me and you talked about this, right? Is you gotta give everybody the benefit of the doubt. You gotta let everybody off the hook. Welcome to another episode of Mindful Vibin'. We are your hosts, Dr. Jennifer Huberty and Coach Douglas White. My sister Jennifer is an associate professor in the College of Health Solutions at Arizona State and is the director of science for the mobile meditation app, Calm. And my brother, Douglas, Douglas Bryant White, is a former major league pitching coach and pitching director and is currently a consultant and coach for anyone seeking to better themselves. This includes professional athletes, organizations, business execs, entrepreneurs, and of course, the general public. We came together to create Mindful Vibin to share our experience and insights into our own personal growth journeys. So here we go. Another episode. Here we go. What do we, you want to do the recap? Uh, sure. And then talk about what we're going to discuss today. Yeah, so so we're in a, a series of um, episodes called Whistle While You Work. This is part two. And in part one, we talked about routines and we revisited the original routines we had talked about um, in some of the beginning episodes, um, morning and evening routines, and basically translated them and modified them to fit into a work day. So if you haven't checked that out, we suggest that you do. And we're going to continue on our journey whistling while we work. Doug, can you whistle now? Um, But anyway, um, if you want to hear his whistling, you'll have to tune into part one. Oh, oh yes. I thought you were going to do it. Oh, my bad. Whistle while you work. Da, 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 da. Okay. It wasn't actually whistling. It was singing the whistling. Anyway. Yeah, I didn't whistle the first time. At least okay. So, so as a reminder, this, this series came to us because we have amazing audience um, and somebody had asked about some stuff for work. So today we're going to talk about resilience Resilience at work. Again, a recommendation from an audience member. So keep those coming in. Um, so Doug, since he loves words so much and he's a walking dictionary, he's going to start by <laughs> defining resilience for us. Doug, you're I on. Think, I think actually I, I like I like to look up the words because I don't know what any of them mean. So yeah, I'm not... Or you should have been an English major, maybe. No, 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 not at all. I'm not even close to a walking dictionary. I'm actually, jo- you know, in Friends and Joey. You know, Joey reads that one encyclopedia. He only, he only knows, uh, he only had money to buy the V, the, the, the letter <laughs> V one, all the words that start with letter V. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm that guy. You know, you're anyways, dating us though, because nobody, my, my kids would have no clue what an encyclopedia yeah. version well, V is. They only well, know well, Google. <laughs> yes. But let's, let's hope that an 11 year old does not have to listen to this 
episode or this podcast. That's true. Very true. Okay, so resilience. Here we go. It's the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties. The ability of a substance or object, so we could be that object perhaps, to spring back into shape, to have elasticity, right? Mm, and so that's good. Yeah, the the definition is good. I, you know, going off that episode we had, you know, earlier, play on words. For me, resilience to me just sounds like, man, like 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 life is going to be tough all the time, and you got to have this toughness, this grit about you, this perseverance, and it's like, it's either. For me, life doesn't have to be that way. It's how we're perceiving it. It's our perspective on life. And so I understand life is difficult in our moments, but a lot of the time the difficulty is coming from our perspective on it. And so, yes, I love the definition. I just have a little bit of goofiness with the vibration I'm feeling about the word. Totally, because I never think of that. When I think about resilience... I think about, you know, being able to bounce back and gain strength. And actually the definition that I found was about, um, it's the process of overcoming and gaining strength through adversity. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the work space, right? Yeah. In the workspace, resilience can protect against the negative effects of work stress. Mm-hmm. And resilience is actually one of the most important drivers for performance and well-being at work. Yeah. So that's to me, you know, more of a reason why we should be on this topic, right? Yeah. Um, but how do you get to greater resilience? And I think we're gonna. Yeah. We're gonna so that you yeah, talk yeah, about so that. I feel like this, per, you know, segues perfectly into the first thing we're gonna talk about here is working with others, right? Because when you're going to work every day, you're you're working with others. We're not necessarily, you know, if you're the entrepreneur and you're doing your solo gig you know, you're not necessarily having to quote unquote deal with others, right? Well, sure you are. If you're selling something, you got to sell to other people. That's true. But I I mean, more in a work setting where every day you're going and, and and you know, you got to, you know, you got to look at Joe in the face every day and you really don't like Joe that much, or, you know, you got to deal with your boss and your boss, you, you think your boss doesn't handle you very well, you know? Right. But so that, that's the thing. Okay. So now we have this conversation of, well, then you need to be resilient, right? And you got to go to work and be resilient. And for me, it's like, that means like, you're just trying to get by every day because you have this feeling around this perspective around these people you're working with that they're doing something to you or they're treating you in a certain way or, you know, something where it's, you being a victim, you thinking of them, and and there's a lackful uh, vibration going on there. Mm-hmm. And so I think that this is a huge topic because for me, I'm always, anyone I'm ever going to talk to about this type of subject, I'm always going to say, you got to bring it back to you. Of course. And how are you perceiving your surroundings, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what do you got on that? Yeah, well, I mean, I guess... I guess, yeah, like I, I think probably I I have to deal with other people, you know, every single day and the same people, right? Like in the two, in, you know, situations in which I work. And, you know, I, actually recently we've been having these conversations back and forth a little bit because some things keep showing up for me that's the same old, the same old, the same old. And um, 
So it's let's like, go into what, what we chatted about. Yeah, now- well, I, I had these feelings of like, you know, so so w- w- this, the, the people that I engage with, it's like, I would, I would get angry. I would get agitated. I would feel, uh, you know, impatient. They weren't listening. They weren't paying attention. Like those kinds of things were coming up for me. And it's like, why? I kept saying to myself, like, why is this happening? Why am I you know, I'm so concerned with them. I'm so concerned with what they're doing for me to, to me versus thinking about myself. And really my reaction to them is going to continue to be a reaction. And I'm going to continue to have this coming up for me until I can come back to like myself. Right. And, and how I, and how I work through that. And one of the things that you and I talked about is like understanding another person's story or thinking about somebody somebody else um where they're coming from like you yeah. had said giving them the benefit of the doubt yeah so the first thing that started with that right is what we did the first episode is emotional awareness right the first things first is you you realize like okay i'm in this pain train where all i'm doing is thinking about others in this way, what are they doing to me? What are they doing to me? And how's that making me feel? It's making me feel powerless. It's making me feel doubtful. It's making me worry. You know, whatever the emotion is that you put to how you're setting that up, right? Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. So now you know I don't feel as good as I want to. Something has to be going on there. All right, no problem. What is one thing I can do right now to not only take my power back, take control of the situation, right? but that I can also release this energy. So I'm not holding on to it. And it's like this tension that every day I go into work, I'm like, I hope I don't run into them today. Or I hope I don't have this conversation today because it's coming right around the corner. Right. Mm-hmm. And so one way we talk about, we, me and you talked about this, right. Is you got to give everybody the benefit of the doubt. You got to let everybody yeah. off the hook. And so you said right away when we had that conversation and you started seeing this person in, wow, well, I wonder actually what is going on with that person in their day-to-day activities to where this is the interactions we're having. And maybe this person does care about me and what's going on with our work. Maybe we just see it differently sometimes and that's okay. Maybe that person has a lot on their mind the same way I do when we come to meet together, right? Yeah, but the reason why I latched on when you said compassion is, or, you know, giving others the benefit of doubt, and I kind of said, you know, compassion is because for me, like, having a, like, listing out the things I appreciate, appreciate about the person is too far of a reach. Perfect. However, however compassion is easier. It's for me, it's easier to say, okay, well, they've gone through this in their life, or I don't know what their morning was like, or I don't know what their family life was like, or whatever those things are that softens my thought process and makes me warm towards them versus saying, I appreciate them for this. I appreciate them for that. It's like, no, I don't believe that. So doing that is not serving me any good because it's actually contributing to more negativity. So that's why, and I I just want to say one thing though about this compassion thing is like, 
in work and in work environments, greater self, so greater self-compassion, the more compassion you can have for yourself means you are more resilient. You have greater resiliency. Like mm-hmm. we see that in the literature related to work. Mm-hmm. So I think that's pretty interesting. Yeah, I, I think it's great. And I, here's the other thing that I think you accomplished by thinking about giving the others the benefit of the doubt or with compassion, right? Mm-hmm. Is, is think of it this way too. Look at it through the eyes of your inner being, your source, your higher mm-hmm. self, right? Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. always going to go to the compassionate route before you go to the attacking route, right? Or even the victim route, if you see it through the eyes of source, right? And so that's another way to get to compassion. The other thing that was so great in the conversation we had and what we're talking about now is, again, you said appreciation was stretching too far. In those moments that you felt those emotions, you couldn't get to appreciation for this individual. And so you shouldn't try to. Right, exactly. You should know where you are and what's the closest emotion from where you are and just try to get there. And then what's Mm -hmm. the next emotion from there? And then just try to get there. Then momentum builds and up the scale you go. Mm-hmm. Now you might later that week, later that day, now you might be in a place where, okay, you want to sure up your vibration on this person or on this subject. And now you go into appreciation, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's but, beautiful. Yeah. So I think one thing though, to be mindful of is that this, this notion of compassion is for others is not possible unless we have compassion for ourselves. Sure. So it's again, it starts with the 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 inner journey, right? So like self-compassion is about self-kindness. It's about understanding common humanity. And it it does have a mindfulness component to it. Sure. So like cool. it goes back to all the episodes where we've been talking about having a mindfulness practice. Like that's part of self-compassion. And so once you can have self-kindness, you can understand that you're part of humanity. We're all together as one. You're mindful, then you can, you know, express compassion. So maybe that's why it's easy for me to say compassion because I've had this self-compassion practice that I'm still journeying through. But sure. some people might struggle, Are you know, people listening might struggle for even the compassion part. But then I would Absolutely. say, go back and think about self-kindness, you know, being human, part of humanity and practicing mindfulness, like those things to back it up even one more, um, But either way, self-compassion, compassion, compassion, appreciation, that's going to get you to your resilience in terms of working with others, right? Like that's, that's the path. Yeah. I I mean, I think for the, for the purpose of our, our show here and the time that we have, you know, to spend on the topic, I think, I think that's great. Yeah. So the next thing that we wanted to discuss was deadlines or work expectations, right? Okay. So how does the word, again, I always go back to emotional awareness. When you feel, when you hear the word deadline, I mean, just think about that deadline. It's like, (laughs) oh, it's an automatic stress. It like, it like breathes like, oh no, oh my goodness, woe is me, stop what you're doing, do this right away, like no enjoyment. Yeah. So you have to figure out a way. Actually, I was doing a a talk the other day at a conference, and the the woman who was interviewing me, um, she said, she said the word reframe, and I thought that was perfect because that's like basically, uh, what's your perspective? What's your new perspective? And totally. so, how do you reframe right deadlines, deadlines? Yeah. or or even uh, your boss having certain expectations 
on you at work, let's say, right? So yeah. how do you reframe that? How do you allow yourself to feel better about it? Well, how do you feel when you hear the word deadline? If you feel some sort of a stressful word, let's say, or a negative word or a less than word, you got to understand what that is on the emotional scale. How do you feel? And then right. move yourself up the scale from it. And nobody, nobody holds power over you, no matter what they think. Yeah. Okay. So I think it would be good to remind our audience about the emotional guidance scale, because we talked about this in like the second or third episode. And so just as a reminder is that we have this, this scale of our emotions from let's say despair to joy. Yep. And if I'm feeling the emotion of anger, let's yep. say, yep. Um, okay, I'm deadline makes a deadline makes me feel angry because somebody's whole, I feel like somebody's holding something over me, yeah. right? My next statement or my next thing is not, this is joyful because, yeah, right? I it doesn't make this any, deadline it's, no matter it's again, what you give me. Right. It's a, yeah. it's a baloney. It's a baloney statement that I don't believe that just pick, takes me back to negative. Yeah. But the next thing on the emotional guidance scale to anger is what? It's discouragement. So let okay, me so let me let me walk up the scale here real quick, just on the word deadline, right? So you hear the word okay. deadline, you feel angry, right? Right. Which I, I hate hearing the word deadline, right? Every time I hear the word deadline, I get discouraged, right? Then the next word up is blameful. I I hate the word deadline, and anyone who wants to use it, it's always their fault if they whoever uses it, right? Then mm -hmm. it goes up to worry. When someone uses the word deadline, it makes me worry. I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to get the work done. Okay, so if you stop right there and you just think about words, anger versus worry yep. is lighter. Absolutely. Lighter. Positive. And yep. so that's what I think the audience needs to understand. It's one notch lighter. If you're carrying a backpack full of weight, yep. you just got rid of like two pounds. Yep. Right. That feels better. It's easier to get up the mountain. It's easier to do what you got to do. Yep. So if you can use the guidance scale to help you. And I've done this practice with my daughter. I've done this practice with relationships. You can literally use the scale to go yep. up and down. And when you when you get to a place where you can't you can't come up with it, then you got to say that's OK. You're done, You're done right exactly. there. Yeah. So this will put in the um, notes again and like and uh, it's on. It's on Mindful Vibe in our Instagram okay, page. Never right mind. Now, it's there. So so look it up. <laughs> yeah, it should be. But yeah. we'll put in the show notes as well. Yeah. But so and so I, you know, I feel like let 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 me go up a couple more notches because I think that was good. And then we can end the show. Okay. Yeah. So we started at anger. You heard this the statements on discouragement, on blame, on worry, right? Now we're going to doubt. I doubt I'm ever gonna get to this deadline. I get disappointed with myself and my boss when deadline is coming around, right? I'm overwhelmed by deadline. How, how am I ever gonna be able to get to the, de to the deadline? I get frustrated even thinking about it because I'm just tired of deadlines. I don't wanna, I don't wanna exist in deadline city anymore, right? I'm yeah. pessimistic. I'm pessimistic that I'll ever be able to handle what a deadline represents. I'm just bored of this whole situation. Deadline? I'm bored of it. I'm just bored of it. See so now, now, like for me, deadline at bored, I'd probably stop because I would not, I can't, I can't be bored with a deadline yet. And yes. Maybe I will one day, but okay. like, but you know I, can. I mean? 
I can. I feel good yeah. with the board. Yeah, because so you me, go surfing for a living. Yes. Well, that's that's your story. But let me keep going up the scale for the rest of the people listening, right? So then we get into contentment from boredom because boredom's kind of neutral, right? Right. Then we get to contentment. I think I'm I can be okay with deadlines. I understand what they represent. I get I feel that. content when I hear yes. the word deadline. I'm satisfied with deadline. I'm hopeful. I'm encouraged that I when a deadline comes, I'm good to go. I'm going to be right where I need to be. I'm I'm optimistic. I have a positive outlook about deadlines and I, and I can I really it resonates with me now. I feel that, right? I have a belief when a deadline comes or when that word comes up, I'm going to be able to do what I need to do to get the job done, right? I'm th- I'm enthusiastic. I'm eager about deadlines. I want my boss to tell me the de- deadline comes up because I shine when the deadlines come, right? And now we go into passion and into joy and and there you go. So I think that's a, a very obvious example. Um, and I think we we need to wrap this sucker up, Jen, because we're we're getting to our point where no one's gonna be listening. <laughs> Yeah. No, I think it's great. It's shortened to the point. This is yeah. awesome. Yeah. No, it, it, it was good. So the wrap up is resilience, right? Your definition of resilience is a way to be able to bounce back when adversity comes, when contrast comes, right? And so when you're working with others though, right? So you don't have to be on bounce back mode all the time. Show a little compassion to others, to yourself, by letting them off the hook, by giving them the benefit of the doubt. Even if you don't want to, it's okay. You're doing this practice for yourself, but guess what'll happen? The consequence will be that you will find joy with these others and you will have a better relationship at work with these others. I guarantee it. We guarantee it, right? Yeah. And, and so now, oh, sorry. Just I was going to say, I would say the only other thing I would add to this to, to wrap it up is that don't forget the practice of self-compassion Yes, um, because that's going to lead you to all these other things. And it sure. will even help you go up the emotional guidance scale, Sure, right? Self-kindness, common humanity, and mindfulness. That's, that's what okay. makes up self-compassion. And with deadlines, right? If you're feeling stressed out, identify the, the emotional word. Check it out on the guidance scale and just make statements that allow you to move up. So we gave you two really good takeaways of compassion and the usage of the emotional guidance scale. Okay. So we hope you got a lot from this. We enjoyed it immensely. Jennifer, anything else? We're good. That's it. Until next time. Yeah. We'll see you next time. Thanks guys. Appreciate it.